It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was made by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. And of course, today being 9-11, I have to say, as a native New Yorker, I can say September 11th will always be a very sad day for me. I will never, ever forget being in my apartment in Manhattan and literally looking out the window and witnessing the disaster around me. It really, really saddens me. And I just want everybody to know that my heart truly goes out to everyone who is still affected by. Okay, everyone. So, wow, we're back on schedule here. We're into September. The kids are finally off to school. My kids have actually just went back to school two days ago on Monday. So it it was a very Nice and long summer, but as a mom entrepreneur, everybody knows it's very difficult juggling all of these wonderful balls. So it's, um, I'm just absolutely thrilled to be back on track and getting more work done than ever before. So we're going to start our show like we always do um, with my business tip. But today I'm actually going to start with a business quote. Um, A good friend of mine, it's actually two little quotes. A good friend of mine always says, the best way to save money is not to spend money. So as business owners, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm always so tempted to run out and get the, the newest gadget out there. I do love technology. And I have to tell you, I love my my Neat Solutions scanner. It is the most amazing little toy. Um, but I have to tell you, I didn't even have the time to open up the box after I got it. So it sat in my office for three months. So did I really need to run out and spend all that money for that scanner? At the time, the answer is probably no. But I do love my toy. It's an amazing thing. All right. So that's number one. Number two. The biggest, let me see, can I read my handwriting here? The biggest problem, no, the biggest problem of doing business is not doing business at all. Okay, sorry, I could hardly read my own handwriting. And I thought that this was a very interesting quote, and I think it will coincide with our great show today. The objective here is, of course, if you have all of your ducks in a row and you have all the fundamental, um, you've established your business fundamentally and you have no sales, well, you really have no business at that point. So you really have to go out and get your business. So sales is so, so important. Well, with that, as many of my listeners know, I always try to invite guests on my show that 
I personally can learn from. If I'm learning, I know you guys are learning as well. And I coincided with what is happening with my business. My mom knows best, in particular, my Glovius product. And I am just thrilled to announce that I did a test in four Dwayne Reed stores in Manhattan in the month of August, August 22nd through August 29th. And in nine days, two of the stores were com- completely sold out of Glovies. So we have a winner on our hands and I'm absolutely thrilled about it. But my biggest challenge now is going to be sales and how are we going to really get our numbers up there? Because yes, about a thousand people have asked me, when am I going on Shark Tank? And everyone knows you'll get eaten alive without your numbers right, without getting your sales. So my goal today is to learn as much as we possibly can from our wonderful, wonderful guest. His name is Richard Farrell, but I believe he goes by Rick. And he is a president of Tangent Knowledge Systems. He's been responsible for sales and business development for nearly 25 years. Richard brings a tremendous depth of experience and results to his audience. He's passionate. He has um, an interactive style. He encourages his audiences to participate in all of his presentations. Um, He does, let's see, what else? Um, Richard stresses a non-selling posture that allows a salesperson to play the role of a change agent. I love that terminology, change agent, rather than a product-centric transactional salesperson. He has worked with a range of companies from Fortune 500 companies to startups and helping them optimize their performance by assessing their salespeople sales processes, management structure, and strategies. Working with his clients, Richard has helped identify performance gaps and provided sales plans to help track, measure, and execute objectives to increase the company's bottom line. Okay, with that, let's introduce, uh, let's welcome Rick to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I wonder if we have a good connection here. I'm not sure about yeah, the connection. Yeah, I'm on the, yeah, yeah, I'm on the landline. We have a great connection. I oh, okay. You, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. I have an echo over here, so <laughs> we'll work on that echo. So with that in mind, um, Rick, thank you so much. Um, as my guests know, I, I love to bring people in that I can learn from. And I was on LinkedIn, I believe, and I was reading somebody, a great article on sales. And sure enough, I looked down and who's the author but you, Rick? <laughs> and I thought, Lo and behold. I said, why not invite you onto the show? Because I really wanted to learn more about sales for myself. And I figured my listeners would love to learn too. So before we get started, Rick, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like when you were younger? Well, I I have an... Well, yeah, I I, I have an interesting track to where I got... um, I was always a low-performing student, um, but I had very strong desire and motivation, and I certainly knew that the traditional path of uh, getting a job through corporate America probably wasn't going to be my path since I was definitely definitely an academic underachiever. 
So from an early age, um, I kind of crafted a mentality of sales because I was convinced that that was the only avenue that was available to me to be successful financially. And I got involved in lots of activities um, that would, believe it or not, at age 11, I was thinking of contact, future contacts and, <laughs> and how to best uh, enhance my position for the future. So um, one might say I was quite a finagler even at that age. That's um, so funny. And then I, got, I, I graduated from college with, uh, with uh, you know, without distinction, so to speak, and I knew my major was communication, um, a major that I knew I could pass, um, and one that might be attractive to uh, uh, people who were sell- who were uh, hiring salespeople. And I'd say in the first uh, uh, ten, you know, maybe five, six, seven years, my career in sales was very, uh, very fruitful. And then something dramatically happened around 2000. God, it's been so long ago. Um, the first crash. When was the first crash? It was in September, October, and I forget oh. the year, but it was about which which. Oh, was I, it? wasn't 19... it? Yeah, it was nineteen. It it was before my kids were born. It was it ninety eight? Around that time. Yeah, was... that's what I'm thinking. It's somewhere it around was, there, nineteen ninety eight. And 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 my career was moving along. Uh, very briskly, and then ironically, the market crashes, and from that point on, um, my career took a huge dip, and I Mm -hmm. believe the reason it did is because the skill sets that I had worked so hard to, um, to, to, to work on, um, were no longer valued in the marketplace, and those skill sets were being persistent in sales, mm-hmm. getting people to like me, um, having a lot of product knowledge, and going out and spreading the word. And from that point on, I noticed that those skill sets were no longer valued in the marketplace, and my career took a huge dip. And I really struggled, and it was quite a uh, frustrating time for me. And then I was introduced to a sales training company selling dynamics in Arlington Heights, uh, Illinois. And they totally retooled and re-engineered everything I knew about sales. And from that point on, my career took a a big leap. And I attributed all to what I learned and the strategies that I employed to um, be able to go out and look different, sound different, and just as importantly, better qualify the opportunities that I was presented to. Because in the good old days, just being a nice guy, showing up, working hard, showing people that you care, and being persistent and having a lot of information, those days are gone, and especially in today's information economy. Well, so in a nutshell, this is a... Yeah, this is a wealth of information. I'm so excited. We're getting ready to come up on our first break. But when we come back, I can't wait to hear more, Rick, about what was that turning point in that um, sales training program that you went to? Like, what were the um, the biggest lessons you learned and you were able to, to apply? I'm curious to see, you know, 
how how quickly you were able to adapt. And it sounds to me that whenever somebody is in such a situation that they're ready to change, they mentally have to be there. And it sounds like you were really ready to take that change and uh, to be open to doing business in a different way and adapting to society. And it's so important now, like you said, with the technology, the way it is and the information that we have out there, the way we, we retrieve it. But anyway, we're going to come when on. When the a- student is ready, the uh, professor appears. <laughs> You're right. Okay. We'll be right back, everyone. We have Rick Farrell with us. Stay tuned. Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. It's time to devote time to yourself and strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for B Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Be By Design, How I Be Is Up To Me, hosts lively discussions and interviews every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. And I have Rick Farrell with us on the line today, and we're talking all about sales. So, before break, Rick was just explaining to us how he made um, he started to go to um, a sales training program to kind of change the way he was accustomed to doing his sales. Take it from there, Rick. <laughs> uh, uh, Josephine, what was ironic is at the time I had no money in my pocket. In other words, I could 
scarcely afford to pay for this sales training, but wow. I recognized at the time that I could scarcely afford not to take it because the future would be very dim without it. So I made a huge uh, investment in time and in changing of my mindset and dramatically changed my results. And what I learned through the process um, in the sales training that I went through with Selling Dynamics was it wasn't about me. It wasn't about having the right solution. It wasn't about being the nicest guy or the friendliest guy. It wasn't about um, my ability to translate the value of what I was selling. What it really ended up uh, being about and that I had to make the change to really understand and grasp was it was all about the customer situation and the most important part of the customer situation was the size and value of their problem. Hmm. I so love your, that. Your, yeah. your solution that you offer, your product, the value that you offer is in direct proportion to the value of the customer's problem. So customers who have low value problems or small problems you have very little to sell to them. And so I changed my whole process from talking about me and what I had to offer to talking about the prospect and the customer and what they weren't getting. And that was the big change that um, really made it a big difference. Is it, it was no longer about me. It was no longer about my mm -hmm. product. As soon as someone talked about my product, I knew that that wasn't what they were really interested in. But it, they were so conditioned to ask that question, and salespeople were, are so happy to answer it because it's all about them, that right. that's the way most traditional sales calls go. Well, I, you know, I you, agree you mentioned with you. An yeah. Go ahead, Brad. You mentioned an interesting thing, uh, quote, at the beginning of the show that I thought I'd segue into um, one of my big beliefs is the best way to save money is to stop spending. Well, in sales, the best way to sell is to stop selling. <laughs> selling by its nature so often produces the exact opposite effect. Often, the harder you sell, the harder it is to sell. The greatest enemy of selling is the illusion that we're selling. Few of us are as good at selling as we think we are. Um, but most of us have the ability to get the customer to sell themselves. And, and sometimes they'll sell themselves rightfully so that they don't have an interest to change, which is okay, um, mm -hmm. or they're not in a position to, to move forward. Um, but the greatest sale is allowing the customer to find their own answers through the quality of your own questions and let them um, come to their own conclusions. And that's where selling becomes fun. That's where it becomes uh, uh, very challenging, and that's where it becomes very uh, – it, it, it puts you in a position where you have – where you express empathy, and empathy creates mm -hmm. trust, and ultimately that's what customers buy. It's amazing. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, it's amazing how times have changed, and when I was going through all of the material that you had sent – Another thing that adds to everything you've been saying, Rick, is the fact that 
you know, you say it's so important as a salesperson to almost keep your mouth shut. Just the more right. you can keep your mouth shut and the more you put on your big listening ears, it and you gather that information and you make that customer feel that you truly, truly care about them. I think that's all about the relationship building, which leads to the sale. I have a mentor. <laughs> And he keeps telling me over and over about my gloveys. He's like, it's so important for you to show up. Networking is so important. You have to be in the same circle, in the right circle with the right people who are making the right decisions. But when you get there, don't sell. (laughs) It's like, don't sell your product. Get in there. Make friends. Get to know people. How are your kids doing? How's this happening? And Rick, I got to tell you, he is so right because when push comes to shove, even though I'm in a room full of buyers, retail buyers who are making big decisions, they're all part of my success story. That's how I sell my gloveys is that when I walked into that Dwayne Reed store three weeks ago, I looked at the clerks behind the desk and I took a picture with them, Rick, (laughs) with me, my product, and them. And I looked at them and I said, thank you so much for being a part of my success story. I didn't know that my product was going to sell out, but I had them believe it would. And after taking the picture, as shocked as I was when I called to say, are you sure you're sold out? I kept saying it over and over. <laughs> the lady was like, listen, lady, I don't know what else to tell you. I rang them up myself. Everybody's buying them. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. But... For me as an entrepreneur, I got to tell you, Rick, it's all about letting people feel that they're a part of my process. And it's amazing how people will do anything for you knowing that you're working really hard and that they want to be part of your story. So Mm -hmm. it is very different. It's so different from years ago that. You know, like you said, you go, you have your benefit, your list of benefits, you have your list of features. It's so different today. It's really, truly <laughs> about relationships. And so, what has all changed right. that is what what has changed that is the um, is the internet. The internet has marginalized and compromised the traditional value proposition of salespeople, which has always been to, to bring information to the table. Prior to the internet, that's what customers valued in salespeople, or at least they tolerated, is they didn't have access to that information. Well, today they have unlimited access. It's two or three clicks away from Google, and salespeople continue to come in with information with people who are now armed to the teeth and know more about them than they know about them, about the customer. Rick, isn't it amazing? Seriously. Like, did you ever in a million years ever think that we would be in the position we are now with the internet? I mean, it blows my mind. (laughs) It really does. I mean, there are some people that I follow on the internet. I get daily emails from them. I feel like I know these people, like they're my neighbor or they're my best friend. And meanwhile, I've never met them in person before. And when I meet them, it's like we've known each other our whole life. It's right. It's amazing how much. And what I love about it is that it's a learning tool that we get to. Everything's at our fingertips. If you don't know a question, you just can go on. You can Google it. It's so funny. I, I turn to my kids. They complain about their homework. I'm like, are you kidding? 
you better button up because mom didn't have Google when she was little. We, <laughs> right. we took out the encyclopedias. So, so it's, it's really, it is, it's a great tool. So, all right. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but I'm just still, I guess I went off on the tangent because you brought up the fact about internet. So Amazon, I am now selling my gloves on Amazon. And Rick, I didn't plan on doing this. I just said, you know what? My inventory is coming. I happen to have some gloves here because they shipped, you know, they air, they flew them by air, whatever, to me. And I had them. I said, well, why have them sit in my office? Let me just throw them on Amazon and see what happens. Rick, I have daily trips to the post office. I'm like, I'm so amazed. I'm like, oh my God. And why? Because people are able to go in into Amazon, Google, gloves for kids. And next thing you know, the orders start coming. Who would have ever thought that that would be sales, you know? Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) It's a new channel. Now, that's the good news. The bad news from a sales perspective. So if you're in a position as a traditional salesperson who has to get the message to directly in a personalized manner to customers, we have a whole society that is accustomed to doing things online. But in sales, in order for you to have influence, it has to be an offline experience. In other words, you have to be able to have the customer either touch, be touched by you either from what they're hearing or what they're seeing. And that just becomes harder and harder in the world of technology where customers in many cases are bypassing salespeople because they don't see any value in meeting them or listening to them personally. And so it's become harder and harder for traditional salespeople Mm -hmm. to have influence because people don't, A, value their information, and B, in many cases, they don't value the relationship because they don't believe that salesperson is bringing anything to the table that they can't get elsewhere. Right. And that's the big change. Hmm. It's just, it's so amazing to me that all of this is happening so, so quickly if you really think about it. I mean, how many years has it been that it's all changed it's almost, in my mind, like a blink of an eye. And when I started my radio show almost four years ago, I knew nothing about social media. I was like, oh, gosh, who has the time for that? I'm so inundated with everything I'm doing. Next thing you know, I said, what the heck? Let me have somebody, you know, come on the show about social media. And I I was... Hello? back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com.
back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Um, in personal connection. So 
I use social media simply as a tool, as more of a marketing tool. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't over-rely on it like I think a lot of salespeople who uh, do, who try to use it as a tool to actually sell. I think it's a great tool as a means of introduction, but you still have to go through that process of qualifying and disqualifying the customers. And sometimes social media will give you a false sense of security, security if you have a, if you have a connection with someone either on a first tier or second tier or second tier or someone else or someone else, and they reach out to you, they give you a false sense of security. Thank you. 
because they haven't properly qualified to determine really does that does a customer really have really have a motivation to change and a motivation for them to receive your follow up call. So so follow up is not a problem per se, per se following up on the wrong on the wrong opportunities. So you have to do you have to getting back to what we said earlier, you have to do your due diligence when you're Following up with people who have no real reason to 
change and aren't in a position to make decisions. What do, so you, they, do? What do you suggest, Rick? What can we do if we realize we're pitching the wrong person and somehow, someway, we've got to go above their head in order to get somebody to see our stuff? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's always harder to fight gravity, as you say, to go above someone's head. So once you're with the wrong person, you're in a precarious position. So what I advise my clients is instead of trying to correct that constantly, why not work harder to make sure that you're with the right person to begin with? To begin with, okay. Yeah. And most people fail to do that because they don't have the right questions to be able to engage the right people. In other words, they're really good at selling people on the lower end of the food chain because those people are, those people are more interested in product information. But the right people that you really want to sell are not as interested in product information. They're more interested in you learning about their biggest challenges and problems, concerns, um, issues, and issues that they're facing with their business. And most salespeople feel uncomfortable talking about something they're not, they're not extremely knowledgeable on. So, so they, want to, they want to control the sales process because as long as you're talking about your favorite thing, which is your product, you have a false illusion, false illusion that you're controlling the process. But when you call on people at a higher level, they're less interested in what you're selling and more interested in discussing their biggest challenges and issues. And most salespeople would rather talk about their rosy solution as opposed to the customer's ugly problem. Oh, I love this. I am learning so much from you, Rick, because, I mean, you kind of change my perspective on how to really sell a buyer. You know, yeah. if I go to a retail buyer, it's like, so I'm just curious, what are the biggest challenges that you face on a daily basis? And they might yeah. turn around and start talking about another product. Well, guess what? I've now learned a hell of a lot more about my product by learning about the other product. I yeah. mean, I think you nailed it, and I can't believe we're up on another break. Ugh. But we are going to take a quick break. Everyone, please stay with us. We wrap up our show with our five business tips. And stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. We'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. 
Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. It's Josephine here, and um, we have Rick Farrell here. So, Rick, um, do you want to just let my listeners know if they have a question, how they might be able to get in touch with you, and maybe just a quick little um, pitch about your company? Oh, sure. Um, They can get hold of me the best way, which is the old-fashioned way, 773-404-7915 or my email, sales at tangentknowledge.com, or they certainly can look me up on my website, um, tangentknowledge.com, and um, I'm also on uh, Twitter and and Facebook. Okay, great. And And, and I was just going to mention that I have – go ahead. No, you go ahead, Rick. Um, I was going to mention that I do have an upcoming book. If someone wants to get on my – um, newsletter list, um, I will send you a e-copy of my book when it comes out first quarter next uh, year. So if you want to just email me your um, your actual email, I'll put you on that list and uh, for a free complimentary uh, copy of my book in an, in an e-book format. Okay, that's um, and then perfect. I, I guess I was just going to... The, well, let's tell and, them the and title I was just of the gonna, book. Uh, selling has nothing to do with selling, which is where I want to uh, uh, end end our interview. If we if I have a chance to kind of go yeah. over the five things I would like people to think about differently um, when they're in a sales position. Uh, the first one: if the customer has no problems, you have a big problem. Hmm. If they have no problems, the likelihood of you selling has dramatically decreased. That's number one. Number two, people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. The problem is customers or salespeople love to sell and hate to have the customer independently make buying decisions. That's the real disconnect in selling is we're so busy selling that we bypass the sale and we don't get uh, the opportunity to really get the customer to share their experiences and share their 
desires or frustrations as to whether they really have a compelling reason to buy. So stop selling, stop presenting, stop closing, and get the customer to sell themselves. And the only way you can get the customer to sell themselves is by asking tough, hard questions. The third thing that I wanted to go over, people buy emotionally and they justify their decision logically. Unfortunately, salespeople are selling in the exact opposite manner that customers are buying. And then the problem becomes is salespeople sell logically to customers who are buying emotionally. So re-engineer your sales message to not what it can help someone accomplish, repackage it to address their biggest concerns, their biggest problems, their biggest anxieties, their biggest challenges. That's where you emotionally connect with people, is not telling them where you can take them as far as your solution, but taking them back to what I like to call the scene of the crime, which is where their problems exist. If they have no problems, you have no Oh, that's no so, so great. Um, you know, I'll give an example of that, Rick, because I feel like you're speaking to Glovies. So I went through, gosh, I can't even tell you how many versions of my product package. And it was a bit of a nightmare that my first product I came out with, I just thought I failed miserably with the package. So when I came out with my new version of my Glovies, I said, I have to hire a top-notch person. And I feel so, so good about the person I hired to do my package. And I've got gotten so many thumbs up from so many buyers about it. But the key here is that I think he's given the subliminal message to the parents that Glovies solves a solution to their problems. And it goes mm-hmm. to the biggest challenges. So what are the biggest challenges for parents is that it takes them forever to clean their toddler's hands after they have paint stuck underneath their nails. You know, going to the public restrooms and putting their kids on a public toilet seat without their hands being protected. Like it goes into exactly what you just said is that put those <laughs> challenges, excuse me, put those challenges right up there. For the customer to see, and uh, that is that's what's selling the product, I think, and the product then sells itself. So, I've taken such a different absolutely, absolutely. turn to it, and it goes right into what you're saying: repackage it to sell it, and that's what it that's what it is. And it's that. So let, let me just guide. recapsulate that. <coughs> let me okay. recapsulate that for your for your viewers and your audience. Yeah. Don't tell them how you can help them logically. Don't tell them what makes you different. Don't tell them why they should buy from you. Simply describe in emotional terms what you know the biggest challenges and frustrations that they are facing. That's will, that is what will determine whether they really have a compelling reason. People don't move towards something um, quickly unless they have a big problem. So oh, I'm so happy value, you said again, this. Va- yeah, Rick. People, this- will, people will run twice as fast to avoid a problem than they will to gain an opportunity. Okay, so my slogan on the Glovies box now is avoid germs and all things messy. I mean, 
That's yes, it. Exactly. It goes right into what you just said. So I have to tell you, everything you're saying, it you you have it nailed. I really think I'm so fortunate. I loved my designer that did this, but you're giving me confirmation that I hired the right person because everything you're saying it applies to the new Glovies box. So yay, I'm so glad, Rick. I feel better. You helped me a lot more than you think. All right, let's go on to number you're, you're four. You're on target. <laughs> let's go to number, number four. Number four, um, the best salesperson at the selling event is the customer. They have access to the most information. They are ultimately the one who is going to make the decision. So instead of selling them, allow them the freedom and the opportunity to find their own answers. Stop selling, presenting, and closing, and get your customer, through the quality of your questions, to find their own answers, to look at their situation differently because you gave them a bigger picture, and then give them the independence to make their own decisions. People, getting back to number one, people hate to be sold, but they mm-hmm. love to buy. Too, too often, salespeople love to sell and don't like to have the customer the freedom and independence to make their own decision. And then, and then I'll, I'll add one more. Um, uh-huh. Use your product knowledge and your expertise not as a means to an end to sell someone, but as a means to finding problems. So use your product expertise not as a way to tell someone about what you have to offer. Use your product expertise and your knowledge as a tool to find out more about them. Don't use it as a tool to have them find out more about you. Use it as a tool so that you can craft the right questions so you can learn more about them and more importantly they can learn more about their own situation because ultimately they are going to be doing the heavy care the heavy uh carrying um of the burden of proof they have to prove to themselves whether they want to change and with you before you have before you can wow I feel like this has been so powerful I, I feel like I have learned so much um, from you, you must have. You sound so passionate about sales. That's what's going on, I think, Rick. Well, I, I love it because I, I, I love it because I am a I am a pure example of someone who who does everything who did everything wrong and, and <laughs> changed. And so when I see my clients and customers who are doing so many things wrong, I get very passionate about just showing them a different way that will allow them to truly be different, sound different, look different than their competitors and gain more business because of that. But they're so often stuck in the old model of, you know, mm-hmm. you had mentioned it earlier in the, in the show, feature benefit selling, product mm-hmm. pitching. And I call feature benefit selling featureless and benefitless selling. Hmm. So we the the industry has to change the profession of sales has to change to remain relevant because customers have access to information elsewhere and quicker so they don't need more content from salespeople. if they really value your opinion what they will value is not your content but your context which is not telling them what to do but helping them understand what their alternatives and choices are that's where they gain value 
Yeah, I think that's great. So I we're, we have less than two minutes. Let me just throw one other real quick question out. So, Rick, what is the number one best thing a salesperson do? Can, a salesperson can do to close a deal um, by properly opening it. So, Ooh, I like sales that. is not about sales is not about closing deals <laughs> because the whole act of closing a deal is doing something to somebody, and people feel pressure. The the way to be an effective closer is to be an effective opener. And the way, the best way to open up a sales call is through transparency and trust. And here's what your audience might want to uh, do differently in a sales call. Instead of starting off the sales call in an enthusiastic manner of, here's how I can help you, here's what's different, or maybe just asking them a couple um, superficial questions about what you need and what your specifications are. Start up a sales call with the attitude, I'm not here to sell, I'm here to understand. So I might start off the uh, sales call, Josephine, um, thanks for inviting me in today. Um, as I mentioned to you on the phone when I secured this appointment, our company always takes a very realistic perspective that in order for me to understand whether we're a good fit for you, I'm going to have to ask you some questions. And oh, that sounds... certainly feel free to ask me some questions. Um, this is perfect. Uh, about I our love company that and our capability. I, I think that's a And then at the end of the way. meeting... Yeah, and then at the end of the meeting, we both can determine if it's a good uh, fit. And if it isn't, feel free to tell me. Well, I can't believe it. We've learned so much from Rick Farrell. Rick, thank you so much for being a part of Paying It Forward. I hope you'll consider coming back on in the future. Thanks, Rick. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. For being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing 